Thanks for joining me today on Pink Noise for a very special episode featuring two sisters who have been on a healing journey together, each on their own timeline, but collectively brought them closer into connection. You will hear them talk about their ability to shift their family's DNA patterns, to dissolve generational conditions from getting passed down the line. We connected through the virtual world of Zoom, and as we were recording, my neighbor, Mary Lydia Ryan, and her sister, Judy Smith, were floating on board a sailboat. So we're going to hear some of the wave bumps that rock the boat as we go. Thanks for joining me, Mary and Judy, on Pink Noise Radio. It's nice to be here. And we're all floating on the water here in Seattle on Lake Union. Do you want to share, Mary, the vessel that you're currently in right now with your sister, Judy? Yeah, I'll tell you, this is, um, I call her Goddess Sophia, the healing vessel. And she came to me in a very magical way last summer after working really um, deeply with the divine ener- a divine feminine energy. And the sailboat came into my life that is part of the neighborhood that Sherry and I live in and we're neighbors and it's fabulous. And, and I love to be able to work out of this space. It is very, very healing for me. And I feel like I'm able to offer deeper healing work through the music and the sound bathing sessions that I provide out of here. So yeah, she's really special and I feel really beautiful, loving energy. It's like being in a very loving, comforting hug every time I'm in here. And I love that this, that this show is going to be airing together on Sunday with spa opera and your listeners will be treated to singing. Yes, I have my sister here visiting for the week. And this is my sister, Judy, that I grew up singing with my big sis. And we we have had done so many um, musical activities and performances together and goofy, just at home, stupid stuff that we never want anyone to watch. But um, <laughs> we've had all sorts of amazing and sad and trying experiences and funny experiences through music together our entire life. And here she is visiting, and I feel so fortunate. I had no idea this was going to come about. I had planned to have her on my spa opera with me, and it just has grown from out of that little seedling. I love that. And I love that it seems especially um, rich right now on the healing journey that I'm on in building what I really believe to be new relationships with my family, specifically my parents. This past year with the COVID isolation and not being allowed to cross the border home to Canada has opened a doorway for us to connect through technology, really. Like so many other families are having Zoom meetings and in the kind of safety, I guess, of being in this virtual world together, I find our conversations are going deeper and beyond the surface level that, you know, I have this perception of these last many decades since I left home at 20, that our conversations are really just kind of dance around the basics. And I'm really enjoying the depth of of content and subject matter that we're exploring together. And when I brought this up to you, Mary, you said that, that you and your sister have been on your own journey and that um, I believe you, you used the phrase generational healing to talk about some of the work that you're doing. And I'd love to invite you to share more about that. I have Judy to thank for where I am today. She's the one that got us started. She and our oldest sister. Yes. When my, 
my oldest sister and I uh, started discovering the whole world beyond what we knew existed at the time that has to do with we've got a job here to do to heal our family lines and to change the DNA. Um, it became really evident that there was more to do than a few people could do, but we started with our best efforts and um, Mary and our other sister, uh, there's four of us. So just the two of us started and Mary and our other sister didn't really understand or have any comprehension of what it was that us two crazies were doing. And uh, we just kept going because we just felt like there was something so big here that it was just a knowing that we had a job to do and felt like a life mission. And so we just continued and surprisingly enough, eventually my sisters hopped on board. I didn't think it was gonna ever happen in this life. And this is amazing to me that all these years down the road that they're all in and not only know about it, but are helping with it. I'm so curious what they're all in for. Like what, what was it, Judy, that you first noticed about your family? Like, what did you notice? And what were you looking for that maybe wasn't present that had a light bulb go off and go, oh, I see there might be healing to do here? Uh, first of all, um, coming to the knowledge through, through people that we met that had been given spiritual gifts to be able to see uh, where where the DNA could be changed um, through disease or, or um, incorrect thinking, everything under the sun, it's, it, it includes everything that we have that are ailments here on this earth. And it was surprising to know and find out that we have the ability to work on those things energetically and to make a statement in our family lines that it stops here with us here and now and that we are we are the light workers the ones that are that are all about um, bringing this to a head here and it feels like we're in a situation where it's all been very condensed down into such a strong um what's the word um you can see it so clearly now that there's no question we've got to work on this. So there's not, there's not a medical uh, form of fixing it. It's, it's, it's gotta be on the energetic spiritual level. I'm, I'm getting a sense, Judy, that this work has been so profound for you that in exploring it with your um, other sister, it seems like you went on a journey together and what you uncovered and unraveled was so important that you brought your other two sisters along with you. And you said just a, a few minutes ago that you didn't imagine that would ever happen. And so I'm noticing I have this sense of awe about this work that you're doing. And I, I want to feel more connected to it. Would you be willing to share an example? of like using a piece that you that you identified, you created awareness around and what did you do to explore it and soften it and dissolve it? You said, you know, so this stops here with us, with our generation. And I'm still looking for some insight as to what the this is. I think you mentioned um, maybe incorrect thinking and disease? I'll start with where I began with myself, and that had to do with um, really severe psychosis and schizophrenia issues that I could see that if I let it go, 
I was going to become and have all the same issues that my grandmother and her mother and her grandmother all the way down the line had experienced and went to went into completely 100% active schizophrenia. That's where it began. And I knew that I couldn't live that way. And I knew that there had to be an answer somewhere. It started with me going into a session for for myself with an iridologist that could read uh, what was going on. Um, and I had no knowledge of iridology before that time, but she could clearly see that I had some psychological issues right at the top of the iris. It's quite, it was quite clear to her. And she said, I, she said, I do this all the time, but you need more help than what I can give you through just vitamins and herbs. You need to go to somebody that can work on your energy and I'll tell you who you can go to and you need to go get some big help, big time. And I was already afraid that I was becoming, that I was eventually, I would just be lost in this psychological disease that wouldn't, that I wouldn't be able to return from. That was, I was afraid of that, but I didn't, I didn't want that to happen. That's where it started. <laughs> I've, I've got chills on my arm, Judy. Um, I'm, I'm imagining the, the, massive amount of courage that you had to gather up and and bring with you on that on that journey where did you find your your fortitude and your resilience uh i guess when i was a teenager i learned a few principles of natural healing that gave me a solid understanding that the body has the ability to heal anything, but we're really not taught about it that much. But I, I had read just enough as a teenager. Luckily, my mother handed me a book called the Colon Health Book, and it gave me enough understanding to know that there's a way for the body to heal. Now, I'm not saying that everything in the world needs to have that happen because I understand that there's a bigger picture here that sometimes people need to be able to die from a disease and that's that's meant to be for the end of their life and i've learned that and i know that to be a truth but but just to know that there are uh, opportunities and people that have understanding about healing the body um, that was my solid foundation and i knew where to go with that so i started searching in that direction and that helped me to hold tight when other people around me said, you can't do what you're doing and I don't agree with it. And I'm not, and I don't, I don't support this and we shouldn't be doing this. This is weird. This is wrong. But I had to hang in there and just hold on to something that I don't know, something I guess I was born with that I believe that happened. Um, and I believe that we existed of course, before this life. And I came with whatever it was that helped me to, to know there was something in my core that said this this is something you need to learn more about to hang on to and to, to complete go through it you um said judy that other people thought you shouldn't be doing this and um for me as well as my listeners i just really want to understand the texture of what they saw or what they thought you were doing. You called it irisology? Iridology. Iridology. Is, yes. And there, and there, there's a lot of information out there on people that learn this skill to do iridology, to be able to read the iris. The iris shows, it's a map to your body and it will show whatever, your body may have had that's been either a disease or an, um, some kind of a genetic issue that shows right in your eyes. It's really cool to look at the charts. And interestingly enough, people that live in the state that I live in have a lot more stress lines in their eyes than other states that you might live in, other countries that you might live in. Americans have more stress lines in their eyes. And I could see them in my own. 
If you learn how to do it, you can hold a flashlight up to the side of your eye and it'll show the divot lines in your eyes. And I had a lot. There were quite a few in my eyes. Yeah. And you went from there to an energy healer. Yes. And that was my first introduction into what that whole world into energy healing, which was what people around me were the most afraid of. What do you think was the source of their fear? Uh, religiously, that's not correct. We don't believe in that. That's wrong. Um, that's evil. That's weird. That's um, out of my frame of understanding. So they would, most people felt like it was, it was voodoo and it was um, just not right. How many years ago was this for you? Let's see. Okay, I have to count up by my, my third child was about four years old. So that's, that's got to be 29 years ago. How many children do you have? Eight. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm getting this fuller picture of you. Judy, and with eight children, I'm making an assumption that, that that's a huge motivator to address your, your DNA and what gets passed along. Right. And each of those children, one at a time, have come to their own knowledge of what it is they need to be here doing to contribute to what I know. What happens when you look back at the relationship you had with the naysayers? And as you went on your journey and you followed your heart and your intuition and you experienced the power and the benefit of the energy work, what was it like for you to face some of those naysayers? as you evolved and transformed in your, in your identity, in your person? I remember one session with the energy worker I was working with. She had to actually work on my desire to tell everybody everything about it. She said, we got to help you to let that go because you can't. Dad's throwing your pearls before swine. And you've got to learn that you cannot talk to everybody about this. We can work on it but it's not happening right now. You can't go around announcing this. And I learned the hard way that it turns people more negative or against that if they're not allowed to come to that knowledge gradually, slowly in their own time when they're ready for it. And through watching me or my family, what we go through, um, then then you can see the results as time goes on, but don't, but it's not, <laughs> just remember suffering, suffering so deeply. I, I wanted so bad to go talk to everyone, <laughs> but shouldn't everybody in the world know this? Like, shouldn't, <laughs> why, why isn't everybody do, like, well, please, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe that feeling. I wanted to yell it <laughs> to the world. <laughs> Yeah, I, I imagine if it feels good, if it feels good, you want to share it. Right. If you are experiencing a positive life shift in the quality of how you see yourself, how you see yourself in the world, why wouldn't you want to share that? But it sounds like you got the advice that not everyone deserves to know the preciousness. I, I, I feel like there's something precious about your experience. Very precious. But not only that, I'm, I've had to learn and I'm still learning how to do this other thing, which is let people live out their experience with whatever it is they've got to feel and go through and eventually come to understand the reason for whatever disease or or illness or crisis that they've 
they've got to live through. That's their life journey. So let them let them go through it. That's okay. I'm still trying to learn how to do that, especially of course with children. You have to learn how to step back. It's pretty hard, but but that's that's okay. And then and then I step in and work when I feel like it's it's appropriate. And I'd love to turn my attention to your sister beside you. And I, I've noticed some reactions in you, Mary, as I hear Judy share this story. Um, I'd love to hear some impact on, on what it was like to be her sister and watch her go through that for 29 years. You know, I consider there was about a decade that I felt very estranged from my family. I had done that, you know, I just wanted space and didn't feel like I had a lot in common with my siblings. And, and then I was here on my own journey, my own path and living out life. And, and I had no idea that my two of my older sisters were back home doing all this work. I, I had no clue what it was. I, I just didn't know anything about it. And I was up here living my life, you know, and then I ended up going through my own um shaking up of my life and transformation and um shifting everything and it was during that process that i reconnected with my family now i will also say that our oldest sister wendy who judy had started this work with she ended up passing away that was let's see she passed away in 97 in 97 so that happened and then judy was continuing all this work that i had no clue about anyway and i was going on with my life up here and when i i went through my my shakeup of my own life and then reconnecting with my family i started in little increments hearing more about this and i started realizing how the work that had been started was energetically and had energetically helped me in my own life and helped move me through the things that I was stuck in. And it was, you know, this was fascinating and completely unexpected. But back in the summer of 2008, before I was even aware whatsoever that Judy and my older sister Wendy had been doing this work together. I, I I had a completely unexpected visit from our sister Wendy from the other side. She she very very clearly visited me with a message that was life changing for me, and it was so unexpected. And I I was able to share it with Judy and then our other sister who's who's also living, and that was like the beginning of my recalibrating and understanding who I am on a deeper spiritual level. And so I reconnected with my sisters that are living after having been visited by my sister who had passed away. And all of it was so, it was like, it was beautiful and it was comforting, but it was almost like a whirlwind because I was so not expecting it. And what is this? I was like, what is happening to me? <laughs> and it was so amazing. And I was so grateful. And then I was, you know, now reconnecting with Judy and she started telling me all the work she'd been doing for this decade, over a decade. I mean, longer than that. And I was completely clueless. And I could see for myself, she didn't even have to tell me that, well, this is affecting you. I, I already knew, well, what you've been doing is a direct, my life now, where I have shifted to, is a direct result of what you and Wendy started. She didn't even have to tell me that. I knew it because I already saw what had transformed in my own life. So she didn't have to preach to me about it. Like, you know, if you just get on board, it's like, well, okay, here I am. I want to learn because whatever you're doing has completely impacted me. And then I just have been driven by that personally ever since. So I started shifting my music to be more of a healing, um, a way of of healing not only myself but how can i transfer that out to other people 
it's just had a ripple effect, which is also ripple down to, you know, my own children that I feel more driven to, well, I want to help them on the things that I can help help heal in their journey. Um, so it's just, it, it is, it's having a ripple effect out. Hmm. I see this common thread of heal yourself and then be an example to those you love, to those around you. And it sounds like you, you've both had this desire to be available to your, to your offspring. And there's also this thing I've heard around, you've got to let people walk their own path. And so tell me a little bit about the nuance of that. Um, maybe Judy first, and then we'll pop back to Mary. But, but I'd love to hear how you balance this desire to help them see or feel or know and also be their own person. Yeah, um, two of my oldest daughters, especially, I feel like they have gone down some really difficult life decision making uh, roads. <laughs> and they've lived every intense kind of emotion and feeling that you can possibly go through without actually having died from it <laughs> and i think what i can say is that i've watched them go through hard things and then come to the point where they're like oh I, i've got to turn things around so i'm going to turn to a more spiritual way of looking at my own well-being and then especially a daughter that I have that's, that lives in Kauai, she's so much into, um, we've got it, we've got to heal our inward being and then, then extend that out to people around us and then out to the world. And she's, that's, she's all about that. That's what she's about now. And, and it's pretty amazing because I watched her go through some really, really, really hard things in her life. Um, and she's completely focused now on we've got to heal our energy it's all about healing <laughs> that's all she cares about and it's really amazing to me because if i would have known when she was a teenager that she would have changed to this i would not i could not have foreseen that i would never have guessed that's what was going to happen and she's more adamant about it than i am she's taken it really farther in her own daily practice which is really crazy to me because I thought I was the one that was really like, all oh, my kids are like, mom, you're really weird. You're so different than everyone. But now she's, she even gets at me if I'm not um, eating good enough, healthy food. And <laughs> I don't, it's pretty funny. <laughs> I think there's something I'm, I'm still curious around if there's, any parents listening to this episode and they have children whose decisions they might be questioning. And it's like you, you said, you know, you've got to let them walk their own path. And so what would you say to other parents? Well, of course, you're going to get your heart completely broken and feels like it's being crushed, but um, there's always, you know, uh, your spirit guides that are there to go through it with you. If you just tap into that, it's available. Um, there have been multiple times when I've had to speak these words to my children. You can choose this and you can choose to kill yourself by doing what you're doing and it's okay. And I'll still love you and know that your, your spirit being is in a place where I can still communicate and, and you'll know how much I love you. And, but, but I remember even, you know, very clearly multiple times speaking, especially to two of my daughters, 
you know, you, you can make it to leave this earth. You can, that's okay. But really, you really need to think about what did you come here to do? And if you want to finish what you came here to experience and to learn. Yeah. It's hard to be, it's hard to be a teenager. It's hard to be an adolescent. It's hard to be becoming an adult, you know, it's hard to be an adult, <laughs> but um, we support, we love, connection is good. And, you know, and I'll, I'll throw this in there too. I've, I've gleaned a lot of appreciation for my sister, Judy, you know, and my other sisters that have gone through raising their kids and, um, I, I find a lot of courage in that, well, they were able to do it, so therefore I should be able to, right? <laughs> They're still living through it, so maybe I can also survive it. <laughs> Not only that, but learning that you can still have joy in your life when your kids go through the hardest of the hard, that, that's something that I feel like is really important. You've got to be able to come to the point where you can still laugh and have this kind of feeling that it's all going to be okay and let go of whatever you thought was God's judgment that's going to come down and the hammer is going to come down at one point, either here or wherever after <laughs> it's, it's, you got to let go of that because it's not, there's not truth in that there's a God that's going to come and slam you at some point and tell you that you've done something terrible. And when you're able to let go of that, Regardless of what any religion has taught you, that's really important, really important to get to the point where you, you're okay. Just knowing that all there is, is God's love. That's all there is. Whatever kind of God you need to believe in, that's all that it is. Only love. And that's, of course, what I feel like that all these um, people that are doing, you know, what you're doing, I just feel like that's the greatest message that can be put out there right now. And um, I'm a big believer in that that's, you know, I want to support anybody that's doing that because that's the bottom line. That's all that matters. In fact, um, I listened to Betty Eady, who lives here in Seattle somewhere. I don't know where. Um, and she, every single week she gets on her own broadcast and she um, she's calling for women of wisdom to rise up. And if you're within the sound of her voice, she says, you're one of those women of wisdom that I saw when I was in the spirit world. And you need to rise up and send this light through the light grid of the world. This is, it's time. It's time for you to do it. Wow. I feel that so much. This calling all, calling all forward. I've been using the expression lately and in, in my practice around like calling in, like calling myself in as opposed to calling myself out. Ooh. When I'm, when I'm doing group work. And so it's this idea of noticing, either noticing self-judgment, noticing my inner critic. And I find that the, the negative self-talk, like it doesn't like to be outed right? Like when I out it and I acknowledge it and I say, oh, I see you. And I kind of make fun of it. Like I'm calling it in, I'm calling it into existence and I'm naming it and I'm pointing at it. And I'm, and I'm telling, I'm telling my inner critic that it doesn't get to drive. I'm like, thanks for showing up. <laughs> you know, get in the back seat. You come along if you want. I remember the first time I heard someone quote from Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic, and she speaks about fear in that way, that the point isn't to be fearless. The point is to acknowledge the fear and do it anyway. And this idea like, bring it with you. It doesn't get to drive the car, but you can bring it with you. And that, that really sticks with me with this idea of like calling myself in, like acknowledging what's happening. And then I find that I can kind of soften to that inner critic, that judgment, 
the part that might hold me back. So in this work that Betty's doing to call light workers and healers and women to rise up and to be seen and to share their gifts, that takes courage. And that takes battling all of these generations of conditioning. You know, like what are, what are children told, right? To be seen and not heard. I mean, who grew up with that? <laughs> I'll raise my hand. Not anymore. Mm -mm. <laughs> it no. ends here, right? It ends here. But that's the transition. And so um, I'm curious in your work, uh, Judy, what you would say to, to that, like, how would you speak to people who aren't showing up with their magic yet? Um, if they're not, then they just need to um, somehow become conscious of what their life mission is, not what their parents thought they should do, but what their life mission is. Um, and um, for instance, I've got a son that's a that's just become a medical doctor. Now he thinks I'm a little weird and whacked out, but <laughs> but that's okay because I absolutely know for sure that he's been influenced by what I think and what I believe to be true. And when he's with people at the hospital, when somebody passes away and he says a prayer with them, with their family, no matter what religion they are, he's doing his work. He's doing what matters the very most. And he's trying to be conscientious of not over-medicating, not overdoing it with the medical, which I so, I'm so adamant about that and I, I'm so proud of him because he's got to be in a position to help save lives and so I'm so grateful when I hear that that's what he's being very conscious about um, and then what you said a few minutes ago about calling inward to yourself but also naming naming uh, you have to be able to bring all of this big ball of emotion and I'm putting my hands out here in front of my chest and in front of my neck a big ball of emotion and hurt and bring it forward up into your the forefront of your brain and then put a put words you've got to be able to verbalize and put words to whatever it is you're experiencing and feeling and suffering with um, into the english or whatever language you speak into the language you got to name it you've got to put it into words and be able to call it forward um, so that you can ask it to um, be healed with, with the healing words that asks it to be healed all the way down into the subatomic level of the DNA that you're living with, that it's swimming around in your body with, and that's where, that's where that strong healing has to start with you being able to name it like you were talking about. And there's something you said, um, back when you were talking about your daughters. Do you want to stay here on this earth to finish what you started, to finish your work? And so I'm, I'm kind of wanting to, to bring that back into this conversation as we talk about showing up to share your gifts, to live your purpose, how do you think one knows what their work is? Uh, I think you have to be careful um, not to label your kids. So you should do this or you should do that um, so that your kids have the freedom to go toward whatever their passions are because wherever that leads them, hopefully, you can speak to them in the way that you're saying, whatever serves others the very best, that should be your life's work, that should be your life mission. And then, and then for yourself, try to evaluate if what you're doing is because mom or dad thought that's, that was a good idea for your, for your life. And if it, if it isn't, <laughs> you need to figure out what that is. It's okay. It's okay if you share 
similarities with your parents, that's great because that's what we came and we knew we were going to do that. But make sure that you are on a path to to serving people with whatever it is you're doing. I, I believe that every occupation can can do that if you use it the right way. My husband's an insurance agent and he has opportunity every day, all day long to serve people in a positive light and he's learned how to do that. So it doesn't really matter what it is you do, but use it for good. Mary, what would you say to that same question? This idea of having this desire that Betty has to call people forward, to rise up. I love that she is expressing that. I believe that so many of us, you know, her saying that, I believe we're feeling it. So many of us, and especially women right now, you know, I'm one of those that believes the divine feminine is a real thing. That energy is being healed on our planet. And those of us that are partaking in that divine feminine healing, we, we've been feeling it. We've been, you know, for many years now, we've been feeling and hearing that call and, and moving our lives toward that work and making that shift. And here we are doing it. Some people, I think, are just now realizing, oh, this is, um, this is what I'm feeling passionate about doing. So more and more, I feel like are coming on board, whether it's women and I, I see men also doing this and Judy was also speaking. So there's the, the female aspect to that. And then Judy, you know, is talking about um, encouraging people to, no matter what you're doing, no matter what your profession is, you can find a way to turn that into how can you not only be working in your profession, how can you also keep a focus in there of how is this putting out positive energy or helping others? I think that's such a beautiful way to interact with the world um, of, of giving in a positive way. It's not just a self-focus. It's like, okay, this is the thing that I'm gifted with. It's my profession. I can do this. Um, and also, how can I use this to put good out into the world? I just love that focus and that aspect and I'm so appreciative of anyone who has that as a focus in the work that they do you know, whatever you're feeling passionate about, that does seem most likely that's in alignment with your soul purpose of being here, your life purpose. And so all of those aspects combined, um, what are you passionate about? Whether, you know, if it's, if it differs from what your parents were hoping that you would be or grow into, if it's something you're passionate about, I also agree, go follow that, follow your passion. And if it's bringing you passion like that, can you just imagine how, as you're sharing that outwardly with other people, you know, be grounded in your passions and how can you turn that into also sharing the gifts and the light and the love of what you're passionate about with the rest of the world. Just think of how beautiful our world is going to be if everyone is, is thinking about not only how it affects us, groundedly and we're happy and doing what we're passionate about and now we can also use this to share love and light out into the world just think how circular and embracing that is and if all of us start living more and more in alignment with that can you imagine how bright and loving and beautiful our planet's gonna be <laughs> and i see that happening more and more people i see and interact with yes it's happening more and more and more and i love that and I don't want to forget, I want to tie this back into what I was saying earlier. For me personally, I didn't know what my sisters had started. And they did. They started this thing. And it was like a snowball rolling and rolling and rolling. And it got bigger and bigger. Or that ripple effect. You know, you put a drop in the water and it ripples out. Now it's, it's all the same thing. What my sister started in my own family line, it rippled out. It had a impact on me. I didn't know what they were doing, but I felt it. My life shifted. It's like they 
they um, swooped me up in their loving healing work that they were doing. And even my sister who passed away, she's doing it from the other side. And she came over and nudged me and said, okay, hey, Mary, you know, I'm here to help you. And she did. And all this beautiful stuff is happening in my own family. And it's rippled out. And, and think of all the other, because my sisters are not the only people in the world that have done this generational healing. I've met so many. In fact, in my own healing work I do, I have people that come to me that I recognize right away. Oh, you're doing generational healing work. And I get to like, we, our spirits just find each other. And it's so exciting because it's happening in so many families around the planet also. And all that ripple effect that's happening and then people like you, Sherry, and the other people, the women being called to do this healing work, it's growing, it's having this ripple effect. And it's like, it's so tangible now. And it's just growing, growing, growing exponentially. And it's not going to stop. There's no stopping it. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> so this concept of generational healing, I'm thinking about people whose parents are no longer living. So many of my friends like me chose not to procreate and bring our own children into the world. And so when we talk about general generational healing, like how does that relate to an individual who is no longer attached to generations that preceded them or have come after them? What's What's in it for them? I believe that our whole life experience is still part of what we're going to be doing when we leave this earth too. That we're still going to be learning from the life that we've been here living and that, that those things that we experience here are still going to be processed and learned from even after we're done physically on this plane. Uh, my husband's father just passed away. He, he, my husband had to fix some pretty huge problems that his father had caused. It wasn't my husband's job to fix his dad's problems, but his father didn't have the capability, the knowledge, the understanding to know how to do it. And I said, look, you have to understand that when he passes over and he's looking at his life review and he's watching what you've done this past three years to help to correct some things that were way off, he's still going to be learning. He's still going to be watching and he's still going to be processing what just happened. I know that's a big concept, but I firmly believe it to be true that at the point we have our life review, then that's part of our spiritual growth too, whether for good or bad, whether positive or negative, it's still part of our growing and can still be a part of our um, eventual um, evolution of how we, how we're, what, what we came here to learn. Do you think that, that an individual can, can repair or heal a fractured relationship with a family member who's no longer living. Absolutely. Just as just the same as you could here, you call them forward, you ask them to stand in front of you and their spirit being will come and they will in in when they cross over to the other side, they they go through a life review where uh, we don't remember this right now, but we will when we cross over they will experience everything that they did or said, and they will experience how it made you feel and everybody else. And they'll experience the whole, all the dimension of how that went out and experienced other people and other situations. They'll, they'll go through that, that whole realization. They actually feel it as if they were you. And I've, I've spent the last 30 years reading every near-death experience I could get my hands on. I, I know some people don't believe it. They don't believe it to be a truth. I do. I believe it's real. I believe it's all, for the most part, what people have written and that's what they experience. And they, they feel how their actions have affected other people. 
they actually stand in their shoes and feel what what the other person was feeling for good or bad um, and we have every opportunity to call those people on the other side forward and talk to them as if they were standing in front of us in fact it's almost easier because if you couldn't do it with them physically standing in front of you it's almost easier to do it this way and you can do it with people that are here physically on this earth too at the same time you can call their spirit forward and speak to them and walk through any scenario that you need to verbalize whatever you need to say and scream or yell or hit or you know swear whatever you got to do to express your feelings and what you need to get through in order to start your own healing process it'll be acknowledged even if that person in the spirit world is not mature enough to understand all of it they'll under they'll feel it yeah Thank you for sharing that. I, I I noticed some relief thinking about that being possible and the amount of healing that is still available for individuals who want some kind of I, I'm not I'm not even looking at reconciliation, but energy clearing with people past. And I love that you seem to not just believe, but know with certainty that that is possible. I once had an experience where I felt the pain that I had caused another because of my actions, because of my behavior. In doing personal work, we can often uncover a grudge. And I've been exploring it more. And it's really interesting that I went into something holding a resentment against a family member. And what I really wanted was to be able to have a sense of calm and curiosity. And as I explored it, I realized that I was putting my values on them and expecting them to behave the same way I would behave if the situation had been mine and they were just doing them. And why did I make that wrong? Because they didn't do them the way I would do me. And it's so, it's like, it's so obvious to me now that to celebrate them being them the way I want to be celebrated for me being me and to not make anybody wrong about that. And there's so much liberation. And that's what I'm working with when I think about generational healing. And I'm so glad that you were here to shed more light on this topic and reveal what's possible. And I just want to open the floor before we close. Is there more that you would like to say about generational healing that we've not covered yet? I want to share something that has been so beautiful to me is that, you know, our father, Judy and I's father passed away back in 2016. And, you know, I didn't have, I had a pretty um, strenuous relationship with him. We made peace with each other, but it was a it was a tough relationship. And since he has been on the other side, he is continually in my dreams and he is just showing up in such a softened, loving place. And he communicates to me in a way that he never could in a physical way and my interactions. And he's actually helped me in many of the challenges I've had in the last few years. And I never in my wildest dreams imagined he would be somebody from the other side to come in to my world and be of help to me now. We all have help. Generationally, our lineage goes back, you know, generation upon generation. 
we have that help that's available to us. I wasn't necessarily asking my dad to come help me. I didn't think he'd want to. He wasn't that interested in my life when he was alive. And so why would he come? And surprisingly, he's one of my biggest helpers to me in my life right now. And to see how how much love there is from the other side, as well as the love that we have here in the physical realm, it's just, it's all there. It's all available to us to tap into and the fact that my dad who i had such a strenuous relationship with cares enough about it to me that also is an aspect of this generational healing he cares he cares about what's happening to me here his own lineage is being helped and healed through what he is accomplishing on that side while he's helping me here and again, I hope that's succinct enough. It might just be too much, but I really feel like that's important for me to say. I'm getting a message that it doesn't matter the quality of relationship you had in, in living and breathing the same air together, that's still being open to receiving from people who have passed on. And it sounds like this has surprised you mm -hmm. that it's him showing up in a way that he couldn't. And, and I feel that that's an invitation maybe to, to me or to any of my listeners to remain open, uh, spiritually open to hearing from whoever wants to show up and not keeping not keeping the door closed yeah thank you i didn't ask you before if you'd be willing to sing us out with of today's episode we could we could sing a goofy little section of it Four. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we could we could harmonize in without piano accompaniment. Our mother, who recently passed away, was our accompanist also. So, um, <laughs> do we even? Okay, yeah. And so, sisters Mary and Judy spontaneously agreed to sing some parts of a childhood favorite, Glowworm. Pausing here before I play the song they sang for me during the interview. I want to reflect on today's episode about generational healing. I'm struck with the intensity of Judy's conviction. It energizes me to be in contact with someone who believes so deeply about the possibilities for transformation, both within herself and others. The feeling I'm having now reminds me of what it might be like to land in a fairy tale and consider that an entirely new realm of reality exists. Hearing Mary's two tales of spirit relationships, first with her sister Wendy, who visited her 11 years after she passed, to give her a critical, life-changing message, to believe, to believe in the magic which clearly set her up to dive in deeper with Judy. And I imagine that that set the stage for her father to show up as he did for her. That was really touching. It occurred to me that I want to remain open. I want to leave a doorway to the spirit world open so that I can receive messages from my ancestors' past. Let it be known. Thanks for listening. And now, a song. When the light falls silently, the mother suddenly on forest dreamy. Lovers wander for to see, they wander for to see the lower blindly. And they light their lanterns gay, they light their lanterns gay, then move brightly. I forget the words. <laughs> Wait, let's do the chorus. Ready? 
Shine, little glowworm, glimmer. Shine, little glowworm, glimmer. Lead us like silver, we wander. Lost sweet voices calling yonder. Shine, little glowworm, glimmer. Shine, little glowworm, glimmer. Light the way below above. And lead us on to 